0: What's <laughs>
1: When I say mom' face just lit up, you would have thought I just handed her a million dollars in a maid because she was so happy just to see her baby nurse from herself.
0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. I'm Carol Vassar, and that is Nemours Associate and Breastfeeding Peer Counselor, Anya Walker, recalling a mom successfully breastfeeding for the first time with her fourth child. August is National Breastfeeding Month, and according to the March of Dimes, breastfeeding, though natural in many ways, is a skill that is learned through practice. The benefits of breastfeeding, well, those are numerous and long-lasting. Anya and her Nemours colleague, Shemaya Gould, lactation consultant and WIC Breastfeeding Peer Counselor Coordinator at NCH in Delaware, are here to talk about the benefits, the struggles, the stigma, and ultimately the triumphs of breastfeeding. Let's start with those benefits, as enumerated by
2: Shamaya Gould. Breastfeeding is healthy. Breastfeeding helps the environment. But when you think about um, breastfeeding as a whole, it helps with mom's mental health, right? That bonding time, getting to know the baby. It helps mom cope with certain things. Um, The nutritious part of breastfeeding is unmatched. There's things in breast milk that you can't find in formula, like the antibodies. Um, You have living organisms in breast milk specifically for that child. It fights off the illnesses. Mom is providing a part of her immune um, defense to help baby fight off those illnesses. That sometimes the babies aren't able to get the um, shots and immunizations. We say breast milk is the first set of shots. Breastfeeding um, is good for the baby's um, development, brain development. Breastfeeding is made specifically for your baby. It's just important all around.
0: So tell me about specifically the nutritional value of breastfeeding. I heard about antibodies. I heard about it's made specifically for the baby. And it's really the perfect food for a baby. Is it not, Anya?
1: Yes. The milk is catered for the baby that the mother is nursing, or the multiples that mothers is nursing. So, for instance, if baby was born prematurely and um, baby is underweight, you might notice that mom's breast milk might get fattier to give baby more calories and more fat to gain weight. If for any reason baby was born with some type of illness like a virus, you might notice my breast milk to turn a more yellower color which is showing that it's higher in antibodies and it's helping baby fight off whatever virus baby um contracted. So that milk to me. I personally feel like it's the best, best, best thing you could possibly give a baby. What percentage of
0: parents today are actually breastfeeding and being successful at it? And we'll talk about how to become successful at it as well. Shamaya, do you have that statistic?
2: So I'll start with Nemours. When I first began my journey here at Nemours, even just within our underserved communities, we were at like 5.6% of the mothers breastfeeding within that population. Since the Nemours Lactation Program was created and since we have peer counselors and all of our high-risk targeted populations, we're at 74% of the mothers that initiate breastfeeding. So that number drops a bit when we talk about um, the three-month period. So that goes down to about 58%. And then um the six-month period, I believe the last time I checked, was about 46%. So we're doing much better here at Nemours. And so I was happy to report those numbers. And then on a national level, for moms who've ever breastfed, we're at an 84.1%. Breastfeeding at six months, we're at 58.3%. And then breastfeeding at 12 months, we're at 35.3.
0: And breastfeeding is not just putting the baby up to the nipple and say, eat, kid. There's a lot of support and education that goes into that, as you said, Shemaya. Anya, what kind of support and education do you give to pregnant and new parents about
1: breastfeeding and sticking with it? Normally when I'm talking to a mother that has not yet delivered and it could be her first child, the biggest question that most moms want to know is they're already wondering how can they increase their supply. They're just really worried they're not going to be able to provide the nutrition that the baby needs in order for the baby to grow and thrive. And I always tell them the same way that you trust it in your uterus to carry your baby um you want to trust in your body to know that your body knows now that it needs to make milk to feed your baby so that's the first advice I gave to a pregnant and also even a mom that's just delivered and it's her first time breastfeeding another advice I gave is I tell them to try not to compare their breastfeeding journey to no one else's because it's unique it's like that every pregnancy is different Every breastfeeding journey will be different. Even if mom has breastfed in the past and she's now having difficulties, she's like, this never happened to me before. And I always try to just tell them, just treat it as the first time that you are breastfeeding because this baby is different. This journey is going to be different. You just got to kind of take it as it goes, get all those images out. Because a lot of times um, moms come in with this whole plan about what their breastfeeding journey will look like. And when it doesn't actually fall into place, they get down on themselves. And with them getting down on themselves, I noticed that they start to feel like they did something wrong or their body just can't feed their child. And that's really not the case a lot of times. I just try to tell them, we're just going to work with what we have right here. And we start off with, Are you putting babies to the breast? How often are you putting babies to the breast? That's the question that I like to ask because that gives me a clear indication on what could be going on and what could possibly be hindering this mom supply. Sometimes where moms come in and their milk hasn't yet to come in and it could be day three and they're starting to get worried. We just talk through it. So that's a lot of advice I gave and education I gave. i let them know that long as they continue to do plenty of skin to skin, skin to skin is important. And also kind of just relaxing and allowing their bodies to adjust to the experience they just went through, which labor can be traumatic for a mom.
0: It's really easy to just say, "Okay, give them a bottle at that point. Mm -hmm. Explain to me why the bottle shouldn't be offered or really isn't the best offering when you're trying really to get the baby to breastfeed.
2: I discourage the bottle because you want to promote that mother-baby bond. You want to promote the latching. You want to promote that oxytocin, right? Oxytocin is the love drug. It sends a message to your body saying, oh, it's a baby here at the breast. Let me make some more milk for the baby. When you include the bottle, it takes away that experience in the beginning with mom just getting to know her baby. Mom and baby just bonding and getting to know each other's uh, language because we tell moms to go based off of the body um, language from baby and read the baby let the baby lead the way so just asking mom to focus on putting baby to breast making sure that latch is nice and established before we start adding in another nipple I normally would say if there's latching issues or if mom has to um supplement with pump breast milk for whatever reason and something else is going on, maybe a tongue tie, a barrier that's causing mom to have to give something in addition to her breast. I normally say try spoon feeding, try hand expression with the spoon, different options other than a bottle, just so that mom and baby could have that experience and mom can work with baby with latching and getting to know baby and keeping baby at the breast.
0: What factors should families of newborns consider when they're looking at the option of breastfeeding versus bottle feeding, the formula shortage recently notwithstanding?
1: I feel like when making that decision between bottle feeding and breastfeeding, they should look at how cost effective breastfeeding is versus um, buying formula, the formula shortage. I think opened a lot of families eyes on breastfeeding because they're now understanding like, oh, wow, like, I can't find a formula for my child. You know, I would rather be able to breastfeed simply for the fact that I don't have to worry about running out of it. And I definitely think that should be a big part of the decision. Um, like I said, cost effective and just simply knowing that breast milk does not go out of stock. But with breastfeeding, you do have to buy supplies to breastfeed, especially if the mother is not going to be with the baby 24-7. So they have to look into pumps and pump bags and the mother's going to need breast pads and just simple supplies. And if with formula, you have to buy the formula. You have to buy the water too make the formula you have to buy the bottles you also have to uh take in consideration the time it takes to clean out all the bottles and prepare formulas the biggest point was just simply looking at pricing and the budget and seeing if breastfeeding will be more cost efficient as opposed to bottle feeding also the time that it takes to breastfeed as opposed to making a bottle just those factors i think are big when it comes to making that huge decision
0: when we talk about breastfeeding,
2: what are the legal rights of a parent to breastfeed, Shemaya? I love this topic because I promote breastfeeding, right? It's just like putting a bottle in your baby's mouth. Moms are allowed to breastfeed anywhere they so please. You can be on a public bus and you can breastfeed your baby. You can be at a park and breastfeed your baby. You can be in McDonald's and breastfeed your baby. You have the right to breastfeed anywhere that you see fix, Any public area that you want to breastfeed, you are able to breastfeed just as you are able to bottle feed.
0: And breastfeeding has tremendous benefits for a mother's mental health as well. Shamaya Gould.
2: So you just had your baby. You have a mom and um, she might be suffering from postpartum or she might have some issues prior to delivery. You have the hormone. It's called oxytocin. And it just simply um, tells your body there's a baby. But not only that, it relaxes you. Promoting that skin to skin and that bonding time that you have with your baby is very, very good for postpartum and um, mental health. Because it, you are in this special place, right? You're looking into your baby's eyes. Your baby's looking into your eyes. And everything around you just seems to stop. All you really care about is that moment. So we have those moments throughout the day with baby. When you're focusing on that bond or you're focusing on just loving on that baby, it helps you cope with those things that's happening outside of that. You have those moments in between the day where you can just relax and just enjoy your baby. But I also think that it goes undetected sometimes because we don't talk about it enough. So I let moms know that it is okay. It's okay to have these feelings. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to not know why you're crying. Just talk to somebody about it. Let's get you some help. Let's make sure that you're being supported. Let's make sure that you have the right resources. Just taking that step and making sure that I have people that I can refer our families to if they need you know, additional services. I think it's important. I think that if you come across a mom and you see the signs regarding wherever you are, right? It doesn't matter whatever the setting is. It takes five minutes to chat with that mom and, and make sure that she's receiving the services that she needs. And I think that it's important to, um, to normalize that it's okay not to be okay, to normalize that we all need somebody, everybody needs somebody to talk to. Postpartum is real and um, moms experience it and we're going to get through it. Making sure that we have those conversations with our families and making sure that we assure them that we're going to help them and then also taking additional steps to follow through, making sure they have that referral, making sure they were able to connect, just taking those steps to help. Because ultimately, we help the mom, we help the baby, we help the family, we help the generation.
1: One thing I will say is I feel like breastfeeding is one of those things that you have con- almost a little control over. And that sense. some moms that I have seen had that I want to be superwoman mentality. And they're doing so much. They don't even give themselves grace after coming home with her fresh baby and they're breastfeeding. And like Shamaya said, in that moment, I feel like that mom can finally take a step back from all her duties in the household with caring for other children or husband or partner. And she can take that time that she's breastfeeding for herself just to sit down and to take a <sighs> little break helps out so much with a mom's mental health. I remember coming home with my newborn and I had an older child and I did not want to miss a beat with him even though I just had a a c-section and I remember just constantly up working, constantly just doing dishes, laundry, and just catering to everyone else. And the only time that I had to sit down and I didn't feel guilty about doing so was when I had to sit and breastfeed my son. So that was my time to put my feet up and just simply just fall completely in awe with him and just watching him nurse for me. It was the best feeling for myself, after breastfeeding, I was like ready to conquer it all again. She's absolutely right. Breastfeeding definitely plays a big part in moms that struggle with mental health after delivering.
0: Let me ask this. What are some of the myths? I know that one of the big myths that I recall is while you're breastfeeding, you can't get pregnant. That's a myth, isn't it? What other myths are out mm-hmm. there about breastfeeding?
1: I know a lot of myths that I hear is, I don't have a good diet. Like, I don't eat a lot of vegetables. I don't have, like, a balanced diet. And I tell moms all the time that when it comes to whatever we put in our bodies, our body is going to take care of baby first. I think another myth is if they like to have a glass of wine at night that they can't breastfeed. And that's also a myth. Of course, you can't consume a bunch of alcohol, but if uh, one glass of wine is perfectly fine to go ahead and still breastfeed your baby.
0: Shamaya, any other
2: that you can think of? Any other myths that we can bust here today? A mom saying that she can't go out because um, she's breastfeeding or her baby's going to get too spoiled because we promoted skin to skin.
1: That's a good one.
2: And another one is if she drinks blue Gatorade, it will increase her milk supply. (laughs) All are myths. Honestly, I would think that. The reason why a mom would think that is because she's already dehydrated and mm-hmm. she's not drinking enough of water and she decides to drink Gatorade that day because she's already dehydrated and maybe she starts to produce milk after being dehydrated all day. But blue Gatorade does not increase milk supply.
0: Is there a story of a mom, without going into too much detail because of HIPAA, who maybe struggled with breastfeeding and you helped bring
1: to success? Anya, I'm going to start with you. They're all my favorite, but (laughs) in particular, it was a mom that was struggling very severely with breastfeeding. She had a lot of barriers. Mom had three other children at home. This was baby number four. She never breastfed with any other of her children, but with this baby, she really wanted to breastfeed. When she came in and she knew the bare minimum breastfeeding, she's like, I know I have to feed every two hours. I put the baby to the breast, all those, but she just didn't have that support. So she beat herself up so bad because she felt as if her baby wasn't getting enough milk. And when I remember um, talking to the doctor and looking over the growth chart, baby was thriving. I mean, he was really, really thriving. And I had to go in and report that to mom. And I was like, why do you feel as if you're not doing well with breastfeeding? And it was simple, just someone at home in her ear telling her that, Every time the baby cries, like the baby feeds too much, and that's because the baby is not getting enough milk, which is not true. And I think the family meant well. They just were uneducated, but it really made mom's breastfeeding experience in the beginning really tough.
0: Yet one simple adjustment in position for mom and baby made a huge difference.
1: Once she put that baby to the breast and baby was tummy to tummy with mom, that baby latched on immediately. And I mean, when I say mom's face just lit up, you would have thought I just handed her a million dollars in a maid because she was so happy just to see her baby nurse from herself. She never had a a successful latch, not even a hospital. So that was her first initial latch with her child. And I will say mom ended up breastfeeding that baby up until baby was two years old. And that was just like one that just stuck with me. I was just starting out in my new role and I didn't know a lot, but I just gave mom some encouraging words and just, you know, showed her different positions. But once that baby latched onto her, it completely just melted my heart. And like I said, this was mom's first time breastfeeding out of all four of her children, the last one, which is the fourth one she breastfed. And I wouldn't say it's because of me, but I would say with my support, she was able to successfully do it so that was one of the stuff with me. That
0: right there is just—it's a, a testament to education and support. Shamaya, do you have a story of someone that you've helped learn the ropes of breastfeeding, and who really um, either enjoyed it or overcame some issues
2: initially? So I have a story. I just became a lactation consultant, and Aya came in for her first appointment, and um, she was having some trouble with latching. I knew she was determined. I knew that she just needed a little bit of a push. I knew that she was um, breaking all types of goals, right? She was achieving her goals. And she came in, she had some hard times, and she finally got it. And when she got it, she told everybody that they could breastfeed. She shared her experiences. She took all the information that I gave her, every pointer that I gave her, and she applied it and she did it. And she breastfed for over two years. And now she is in an underserved population, encouraging hundreds of moms to breastfeed like she did. So to me, that was my why, just taking what I have and giving it to someone else and that person multiplying it. That still is one of my favorite breastfeeding journeys. A mom that I've helped along the way. And I actually can see her doing it and giving it back to the community. Shemaya
0: Gould is a lactation consultant and WIC breastfeeding peer counselor coordinator at Nemours Children's Hospital in Delaware. She was joined in conversation by her NCH Delaware colleague, breastfeeding peer counselor Anya Walker. Next time on the podcast, we're going to continue the breastfeeding conversation during National Breastfeeding Month by delving into its cultural influence and significance and how these impact healthy outcomes across populations. Please join us. The Nemours Champions for Children podcast loves to hear from you and wants to put your stories on our podcast feed. Send your ideas to podcast at nemours.org. That's podcast at nemours.org. Thank you, as always, to our production team—Peter Adeby, Allison Kraft, Deborah Griffin, and Savannah Pettit—for their work on this week's episode. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Turners Falls, Massachusetts. The podcast is available on the Net and the NoMore's Now app, along with your favorite podcast app and your smart speaker. On behalf of Shamaya Gould and Anya Walker, I'm Carol Vassar, and we thank you for listening to this edition of the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. Until next time, please stay safe, stay well, and thank you for all you do for the children and families we serve.